0: there was a quote that was at Hims a couple of years ago which I used a lot with my team that is be the change and I like that because what I realized the time right now the age right now things are constantly changing and if you have a dream you got to adapt you you got to go along with the change you got to be the change right don't expect that somebody's nudging you you got to be the change and I love it that create your future, nobody else is going to create that for you. So pursue your dream, be adaptive, be curious, and have fun with it.
1: Welcome to PhD to Industry, the podcast that empowers graduate students, PhDs, postdocs, and academics to explore and succeed in fulfilling non-academic careers. I'm your host, Aditya, and I'm here to provide you with insights and practical advice by interviewing industry leaders and experts. You can find show notes and key learnings from this episode and numerous other helpful resources at phd2industry.substack.com. Our guest today, Tina, comes from India, and she moved to Edinburgh for her undergrad and completed her master's and PhD from Herit Watt University, where she worked on image classification and collaborative virtual environments. She then began her software engineering journey and made her first moves to industry with Siemens Healthcare. She spent an incredible career at Siemens, where she rose to various leadership positions from Senior Product Manager to VP, building numerous global products with hits like Syngovia for imaging in oncology, neurology, and cardiology. Today, she's the VP of Global Leadership Insights at Scale and Data, AI, and Digital Innovation at Philips. Very grateful to have you on the show today. Welcome to the podcast, Tina.
0: Thank you, Aditya, I'm
1: happy to be here. Before we jump in, a little bit of context for the listeners. So I had the opportunity to work with Tina and her team when I was starting off my career journey as a product manager as well. And it was an incredible time. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to get my own start. And today, I hope to cover similar uh, stories for people who are about to start their own journeys as well. And a lot of the listeners are PhDs and academics. So it would be great to jump into that discussion. Before we jump into the next topic, I'd love to start with your beginning story. So Mm -hmm. maybe for listeners who are not familiar with you, could you talk a little bit about your journey to your PhD and how your experience was during your PhD?
0: Yeah, coming from India, of course, it was the first time I was going out of India. So that was an interesting experience back right now I think it was amazing the things you learn about way of working new culture new people so it's not only about the PhD topic but really understanding how to quickly adapt and the agility by which you can really learn new things and feel comfortable is what I really really also enjoyed so yeah I I was studying PhD level I started with my master's in computer science and then I thought it's also a great opportunity to do a PhD and what was exciting about my PhD is I had dual Uh, One from computer science and one from business and MBA background. That Mm. was nice. It was really applied computer science also to see how to enhance and create new business. That's the mix I also very much enjoyed, I must say.
1: Very nice. And when you started your journey for graduate degree, did you always know you wanted a PhD or did that happen more organically through your master's that turned into your pursuit for a PhD?
0: Actually, I, no, I didn't plan for a PhD. I went for my master's actually. Okay. And I got a job opportunity in the US, in San Francisco, and I got the PhD opportunity at the same time, and I had to decide. And of course, everybody gave me advices one way or the other, and then the decision was mine. Again, I would say if I reflect back, I think I made the right decision. Sometimes, if you think about it, you're not always applying what you learned in your PhD in your job. but what the PhD does give you is let's say a structured approach to coming to conclusions and being also more attentive to yourself. What are you trying to achieve? It's also a long-term commitment, but you stay yeah. focused on that goal that you want. Otherwise, you can diverge. So, how do you achieve your goal in the given time? So I achieved it in a short time. So, because I was really determined. So oh, it's It gave me, besides the the experience that you get on the topic itself, it taught me a lot of other things, which I truly believe really helped me over my area journey.
1: You brought up an interesting point about sometimes business world and academic world seems like it's in dichotomy, but at the same time, a lot of the skills are transferable. And I think that was your story as well. And you did obviously pursue a more... Industry role, and obviously you did not go teach, become a professor, for example. But when you were doing your PhD before your move to industry, did you yeah. consider teaching or professorship, or was it clear path that you wanted to go more business focused in, in that role after PhD? Yeah,
0: there I think I was very clear in my mind that yeah. I wanted to apply my learnings to create value, and here also yeah. what was clear for me is I knew my space healthcare, and I knew. W- yeah. That i wanted to make a difference there to many people and patients so that that was very clear for me so i was very determined those were the jobs that i applied to but during my phd of course i was also teaching and i enjoyed yeah. that and again my learning is i enjoyed presenting and over the course yeah. that that me as well in my career path or my different jobs because i recognized I loved coaching, I loved explaining, I liked taking people along in a common vision. So that I think I to be underestimated, the teaching experience that I had during my PhD.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And I can attest to your love for teaching and coaching, as I, I was like one of one of the members starting in your group <laughs> earlier. So I have firsthand experience. And yeah, you're an incredible teacher and also a very visionary leader. And I think that's a good mix for the business
0: world. Thank you. <laughs> so both ways. No? So for me, what gives me energy is when somebody really wants to learn and really passionate about applying what they learn. And that's what you were for me. So I think it always goes way. So just to, to others who are listening as well, the more curious and the more open-minded you are, it's also a pleasure for the coach as well. It's a mutual thing.
1: That's awesome. That's great to hear. Could we talk a little bit more about your transition from your PhD to perhaps your first industry role, which I believe was software engineer and transitioned later on. Could you talk through the, not just the kind of role into industry, but also the challenges you may have faced? You had to go from Edinburgh to Germany. If you could talk about that transition story, that would be amazing.
0: In yeah. healthcare, had a molecular imaging branch, or office in Oxford. So that was my first experience. As I said, I was exploring for a possession in healthcare uh, and I okay. saw opportunity and I wanted that. And I remember my first interview and I was thinking, at some point I would love to lead a team and drive a portfolio. Yeah. I remember thinking that, but the job of engineering role at that point of time with my computer science background. But I knew from there I wanted to learn and yeah. then think about how do I get to my next step. You shouldn't think oh, what is my next step? You really take everything you can and experience that step because yeah. every step adds to your experience, gives you skills. I've learned a lot to work in a team that time. I've learned a lot about also product requirements and how solutions should be designed for the right for the right needs and right requirements. Yeah. So all that experience you get. So, Don't underestimate every step is what I'm trying to say. And then, of course, I got the opportunity to become an architect. Some people might say architect, then project manager, what are you doing? But again, I really like it that every role, it gives you a perspective because when you're a program manager, you have different multidisciplinary experts. team, You need to be able to understand everybody's trying to communicate. So... That was my, let's say, takeaway, being an architect and then being a product manager, being a program manager, I really understood what those different roles mean and how we should really work together and to get that integrated experience. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. I was a program manager there for, let's say, the post-processing solution, yeah. And of course, I was working initially from molecular imaging perspective and then I had the, a wonderful opportunity to be a part of a cross-business team in Germany to really make sure, let's say, as a team to ensure the first release and the first success, right? Yes. And that was the time I got really exposed to a lot of more leadership experience because I was representing the business and I wanted to make sure I do the right thing and the best thing for the business. And at the same time, learn from the other businesses like the CTs and the software. And we were working as one team and we called it the situation room. And the best thing was we all realized that if we don't march towards a common goal and if we don't work together, we're not going to make that first release. Again, a lot of leadership skills that we learned as a team. and I, Even now, the people that were in that team, we always remember those few months. Nobody has forgotten that because it taught us so much as to, you know, how to dedicate ourselves. What is the right thing to do? Always keep the customer needs in the forefront. Address the most pressing problems, and keep that milestone, the release goals, in front of you. And no matter what challenges come our way, tackle it together. And it taught us a lot of. And I have a bit more. As a leader. And after that experience, after the first release, I was asked if I would like to lead the cross business, meaning all the businesses together and lead that yeah. overall system of medical devices. I was delighted and thrilled when I was yeah. asked that. It was a wonderful new experience for me. And of course, that would mean that I had to move from Oxford to Germany. But again, every time I have to make such a situation, I just take a moment to reflect at my last years. Yeah. And I like, oh my God, if I Didn't pivot and take that courageous step. I wouldn't have had those wonderful experiences. So that that gives me then the inner strength to say, do it. Yeah, Yeah. That's how I got here to Germany. Yeah, no, that's
1: very interesting parallel between both your career and your product and like work life because. What I heard was overall, long-term vision was clear to you. Like from a kind of career perspective, you wanted to lead products and projects and international teams and deliver value. And on on the product side, you needed to have a clear vision and work through the challenges along the way. So there's an interesting parallel there between having a set vision, but being flexible on the details along the way and learning across a nice...
0: You course correct when you learn more, try things out, learn quickly adapt so those are the things that you done. yeah
1: i believe you said there were three months that nobody will forget like the two or three months in that yeah, what yeah. made what made that time so special
0: as i was saying it was a first release it was a tough first journey because see, we are very strong let's say we were very strong in the, in the modalities and ctmr and so on and we were in this first exciting software post-processing solutions And of course, many businesses had to participate and it was a big, big vision, big thing to tackle, right? And of course it was challenging and what made it special in the last few months, we knew we had to make that release. We knew we wanted to bring it out to our customers. So what was so fascinating was everybody who was together in that journey recognized that we got to make it, we will only do that by collaborating, teaming up, that we had to just solve every challenge together. It was not like, oh, I'm solving yeah. my molecular imaging challenges and someone else is solving the CT. No, it's common for our customers, for the patients. We are solving it together. There was no boundaries. There was no silo. It yeah. was just this amazing teamwork, keeping the customer-first mindset. So the, And there were a lot of those moments that you don't forget because it was not a smooth sailing boat, right? You yes. had those. And when you face the ups and downs together, you know, they are memorable.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a lot of challenging times, but also very worthwhile and valuable. So that's incredible. I want to transition a little bit through your journey through Siemens to where you are today. And today you are primarily focused on the data science and AI space within healthcare. I'd love to ask you, has that felt like a transition as well since your last role or it's all within the healthcare domain and it hasn't felt like a big change?
0: To truly capture the value of the data that we have and create those insights because what patients need and clinical decision makers need is those insights. And when we talk about data, what we did before, of course, we created images, we extracted information from there. We made it easier for the radiologists like auto segmentation, auto positioning, things like that. But how to extract more valuable information like that would help more precise diagnosis that might be early indicators of of a potential disease or even indicators of disease progressing to reverse. It is so much more. And the data gives you that. But again, it's not the data. Need, it's the inside so how do you translate that data to insight? how do you leverage technologies like analytics that's huge and what made it also fascinating for me is it's not just applying technology you truly need to understand the clinical need so I love the right. clinical workflow and understand but then you have to act responsibly there's responsible AI there's it's you need user experience. It's not like I use this quote a lot because someone actually told me and said, just because there's a lot of data, don't overwhelm me with all that information. Yeah. I want yeah. to see the most relevant thing that's helpful for me in that context. So I always remember those kind of statements. Okay, user experience plays a key role. So all you have to think of it holistically, putting the patient in the center, yes. the value, and then you have to think about the health economics value. It's not, you know. How are they going to get reimbursed for that? So it's not oh a technology or hey here's a feature. There is more to it, and that is what fascinated me: how to truly create value with uh, data and AI, of course, value for the customers, yeah. patients, on right. So that that's my journey for the last yeah. Few
1: years. Yeah, that's and it's a very exciting field right now. And one of the things you brought up is this like holistic journey that yeah. you have to keep in mind, right? And I'm curious that especially in a very complex ecosystem like healthcare, where there's multiple stakeholders involved, starting with patients to providers to payers even, and in the real world, even more like complications and different fragments of data in different places. And to build a good quality AI solution or data model, you need to have very good quality data that's perhaps may or may not be true in a data, healthcare specific data is usually messy and fragmented, right? How do you approach that problem of messy and fragmented data to create good quality and eventually great products?
0: There are many ways to look at it. Huh? You cannot say, oh, let me just take the last 5, 10 years data and start cleaning everything. No, things, especially in- maybe it was different practice, guidelines, what was reimbursed was different. So there's a lot, yeah. lot of things, no? So the I think the trick is... How to create more structured data over time. Even recognizing data as a strategic asset. Now, be conscious, right? And start structuring it. Think about the value. So again, one of the things I always also coach and guide my teams is, is don't think about, oh, what do I I have and what do I do with it? No, think about what is the value that I want to create? What is the actionable insight? Is it a clinical, operational, whatever? What is the actionable insight I'm trying to create? Work backwards from the need or for the customer or patient need backwards. And then think about what is the value flow? Who are the stakeholders? What is the data flow? What data do I need to structure and curate? My analysis backwards and think about a structured approach. Don't worry. Oh, I have a lot of data. What do I do now? Yeah. do what necessary you have to clean maybe go back a year or two to give you a baseline but more importantly recognize it as a strategic asset now and start structuring it for the future right yes. then i think you bring a str- you you create a foundation for future value and uh, that is what i would do this my from my own as well
1: that makes a lot of sense and i'm curious if you could give us an example of a case where data acted as a valuable asset to maybe a patient, maybe a story you can think of, or a product you worked on that was highly successful in leveraging data and perhaps AI models to create really...
0: I can think of a few examples in my journey, whether it's at Siemens or at Philips. I think, for example, if I think about Siemens, one of the areas that you and I worked at together, Catholic Companion, that's really even getting the full patient context. Why is my patient here? What is the journey the patient had? Did, they, did he or she already have a treatment, not have a treatment? Yeah. What was the outcome of the past decision? All those questions. The answer is everywhere. How do I get that in a view that I can make a best decision for my patient who's sitting in front of me? And of course, then we're building on top of that, whether it's AI for imaging, again, whether it's a Siemens example, like Rad Companion or Philips examples, like MR Smart Speed and so on. How can I generate more insights from that image that helps detection of diseases or even like the one of the things that Philips is very proud of my team is very proud of the smart speed people yeah. are claustrophobic also like inside an mr and so on yeah. and if we, even if we can reduce that scan time to five minutes instead of 40 minutes and have very quality data that you extract more information from That's awesome. So those are the kind of areas. And going beyond that, another thing which I really like is if you think about the therapy or after therapy, patients in hospital or home, huge potential. How can you detect the patient's condition from deteriorating in an ICU, in an ward, such that they can go home early and they don't have side effects. They don't have side effects like sepsis or a kidney dysfunction or something like that. Anything you can provide as insight. Which is proactive, predictive, something that's forecasting that caregivers for. Yes. It's not only a better outcome for the patient health itself, but at the same time, you reduce costs in the overall health system, you reduce length of stay and so on. That's huge. Right. So that's what I mean, what matters the most, the outcomes that matter.
1: Yeah. And you worked on so many products and projects throughout your career, and many with application of data being core in the essence of the product development. I'm curious, was there a challenge that kept coming up in all these projects? Was there a common challenge that almost were present in all of these projects or was it very unique to special projects?
0: I would say different challenges. So for example, sometimes it's a challenge when it comes to truly really medical devices. So yeah. even take, let's take example for AI algorithms, right? If, if it is class one, class two, or class three, Of course, there's a lot of challenges, how you are generating the evidence and so on. But then you even have basic challenges, like even getting access to the right data, avoiding bias. So you have added parts of data that's representative for the use case, making sure that you have sufficient test data from various regions, if you're going to market yeah. in the various regions, whether it's AI or even other offerings that I've had in the past to really think about pricing. What is the value for the customer? How do you, are there reimbursements that we need to support with yeah. to make sure that we work together with the right medical agencies and so on? So that is right. The reimbursement for the solutions so there are various challenges. If you think about the teams when we were going from on-prem cloud solutions, challenging. How do you really make sure privacy, security in the cloud, Scalable solutions? That's always challenging. How do you integrate with the disparate systems that you have? Seamless integration, seamless data flow. Let's say normalization, in which case you can easily compare apples yeah. to apples when it comes to insights. Lot of challenges, right? The best thing is, again, it comes back to having that amazing team with all this different expertise that's looking at the problem with various angles, whether it's ethical, security, privacy, technical, product, customer need, right? Yes. So, this team looking at the challenge and where is the dimensions. That's again, how you solve these problems that we see today. It's not like the siloed mindset of, oh, I have a physics problem that I had to solve in the past, but now it's really yeah. how can the team solve those challenges. And this is what I really enjoy with my time.
1: Very nice. And I have one last question on the, your domain expertise uh, before we move on to the lightning round, but my question <laughs> is Luke looking forward into the future. Like in the Mm long-term horizon, 10 years, for example. Well, as of today, we have adoption of technologies in healthcare is a little bit slower than in other domains. So looking forward into the future, do you see more adoption in a more um, ubiquitous way across different verticals? Or do you see any challenges that may impede AI or technology in the healthcare and its its counterparts? I think adoption of new
0: technologies in healthcare indeed more difficult than some other industries especially because we're talking about people patient safety security and so on so it will always be more challenging i would say when compared to yeah. other domains having that the understanding of the value is or an awareness of that is also increasing so it's again yeah. it's a different pace. and clinicians themselves in the past they may be sometimes thought of these new technologies as oh taking away by job but now they themselves are saying no it's augmenting me and those yeah. who are not using it is not giving the best care to their patients so this change in mindset is already there and it's coming from them and but from a technology side or from a industry side I think what we should think of is not a technology push maybe like years yeah. ago which may techs have done but really from patient and customer need backwards with always thinking what is the value that we are creating really trying to put ourselves in their shoes thinking if we were the patient what we would like if we do that way and then apply the technology to make sure that hey if i was it was my care i would like to make sure my data is handled in a secure way the privacy is taken care of that my eye is transparent i know why it's showing me this result so I know what I would expect, hey, that's what you need to do. Put yourself in use of the patient, their family, and caregivers. you have it, and then work backwards from there.
1: love it. The working backwards is a theme throughout. I think that's having that clear <laughs> vision to pursue is critical yeah. and uh, and yes, yeah, it's, it's talking to you brings back memories of your visionary like leadership from the past, so it's always nice to reconnect with you. I would love to move on to. The closing of the podcast and i'd like to do this lightning round i call with first things that comes to your mind or quick answers for a few questions that i have for you so first question is okay. if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life what would it be
0: <laughs> for the rest of my life oh my <laughs> god i am a hoodie and my my partner always makes fun of me that oh boy you eat too much chicken <laughs> I think they're waiting <laughs> by the heaven store for you. I don't know. I, I love Thai food and spicy Indian food, I would say.
1: <laughs> love it. <laughs> Great. And what is your favorite recent TV or movie show you've been into? Ooh,
0: I'm, a, I'm an action girl. I love thrillers and actions. I don't like all the romantic dramas and so on. <laughs> not that I'm not a romantic, but I'm an action girl. So what is my most recent one what i'm just watching is jack ryan
1: oh nice which I just, season
0: I mean, i'm in season two now so i just finished really? my one so that's just the most recent okay so i popped <laughs> to my mind but i love action movies and thrills. love
1: it yeah jack ryan's fun i watched season yeah. one and I haven't watched two but I'm, that might be on my list now the next one is where do you want to travel next not for business just for personal is there a location in mind
0: Yes, we actually have our list and we we love making one yes. trip yeah. year. And typically, I, since I'm coming from India, I, if it's a holiday, I have to go somewhere else. So yeah. we've been to wonderful places. But this year, I actually promised my parents that we're going to take a trip to India because my partner, who is German... Hasn't really been on a tour to India. So I think that's what we're going to be doing. Oh,
1: nice. <laughs> so that's I promise my parents, i say. <laughs> nice. That'll be fun. Fun trip. <laughs> Great. And uh, finally, if you had one piece of advice, the listeners as you know, are primarily academic scientists or PhDs, and uh, with the knowledge you have today, if you had one piece of advice for the audience, what would that be?
0: There was a quote that was at Hims a couple of years ago which I used a lot with my team that is be the change. And I like that because what I realized the time right now, the age right now, things are constantly changing. And if you have a dream, you got to adapt. You got to go along with the change. You got to be the change, right? Don't expect that somebody is nudging you. You got to be the change. And I love it that create your future. It's not, nobody else is going to create that for you. So pursue your dream. Be adaptive, be curious and uh, have fun with it.
1: Love it. Love it. Yeah, take action and pursue your dreams. I love that. (laughs) Cool. Great. Thank you. So this brings us to a close. Thank you again so much for your time. And before we wrap up, is there anywhere online people can find you?
0: Yes, I'm on LinkedIn, of course. They can ping me. I do love connecting with great minds and exchange and yeah. also I love coaching so if there are these students interns if you just want to have a aspiring session hey I'm happy to do that I might not all be able to do that immediately but I actually really enjoy it so I as right. I feel it's always two ways there's something I get out of it as well it's a pleasure I'm open to it so ping me on LinkedIn <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I can attest to that. When I had this idea, one of the first people I thought of was you for the podcast and you immediately said, yes, let's get on the phone. (laughs) So yeah, thank you so much. All right, That's it for today. And thank you for listening.
0: And thank you, Aditya. Great initiative.
1: Thank you. I hope you found that valuable. If you'd like to tune in to similar future episodes, please subscribe. You can also find detailed show notes and key learnings from this episode and numerous other helpful resources at phd2industry.substack.com. Thank you for listening and hope to see you in the next episode.